Transmission will start in five seconds from now. Five, four, three, two, one, in. Podcast January 2014. Cal Waffelon is five years old. This Which is crazy shizzle, isn't it? Let's yeah, be honest about it. It is a bit crazy, isn't it? Actually, we were, we were five in December, but we, we deleted that episode. Oh, yes. Because <laughs> it was a test episode. Yeah. Very good. Um, I hope everyone, Happy New Year to everybody. Happy, happy New Year. year. And uh, Cal, how are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Uh, I saw you all day, so. <laughs> We're going to make a lot of the winner. It's, like, it's a bit like a chat show, isn't it? Where they're all speaking backstage. They come out and go, how are you? And you, yeah. you when you're listening to me, you're thinking, you've been speaking to me backstage. People are going, you know how it is. Because you were speaking to me about half an hour ago. Actually, five minutes ago. Mm. There you go. Some more. So anything you want to announce before, uh, you know, crack on? Uh, no, no. Alex, uh, this has been a, a, what do you call it? Not, not a bleeding sore on the, a festering boil of waffle on of the apocalypse now, isn't it? It is. It's been there. We've been wanting to scratch it for many, many years. You've, thought, been... you've thought about that. Oh, uh, yes. That description there, haven't you? Oh, it's, it's, what it's, it's like ever said that. He's just got to say, you've always talked about it. But <laughs> a bit like Star Wars, isn't it? Yeah. It's two things have oh, always been there. Like, we are going to do this year, aren't oh, we? Oh, yeah, yeah. We're doing the Phantom Menace commentary. We've had mm-hmm. a shadow of doubt. The trouble is, though, I think we might have built this up a little bit more than uh, yeah. because I honestly thought I'd be a lot more angry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But we've got to do it, haven't we? Because I'm, we're still, I'm a lot more chilled out these days. I know I am. Like, like I said, my days of us running around, I can't be bothered anymore. If you don't like it, you don't like it. Yeah. That's what happens when you get to 40. <laughs> like 39, I'd be fucking arguing. It's all about yeah, we've uh, as you know we like to do have a little bit of a chat of what we've been watching. Of course, Christmas TV has been in not as bad, not a bad year this year. I don't think, not as opposed to to other years, which yeah. has been got, got awful. It still misses that big comedy special, doesn't it? Still misses a big comedy special. Uh, Doctor Who wasn't as bad as we, we thought it was going to be. I quite enjoyed it. You, quite was, did... you enjoyed it a lot more. I than say, that. I quite, that's the, the only Christmas ep- episode of anything ever I've actually quite liked because yeah. I hate Christmas specials. And I know, but it had nothing to do with Christmas. But it was a it nah. was just tagged down at the beginning, weren't it? They just called it Tag Christmas and that. But now, pretty good. Uh, we, we've had a few sad losses. Uh, uh, Roger Lloyd Pack, uh, Trigger, uh, mainly known for Trigger from Only Falls. Which Northeast. is shocking, really, because you didn't know he was ill. That was no, the first well, thing. Well, a decent guy there, obviously not broadcaster. Well, sadly, he sadly passed away. Um, John Fortune from Burden Fortune. A yeah, fantastic. Uh, but what do you region. think, going back a bit, what do you think about that mini special now with that Only Falls and Oh, no, no, Roger Lloyd Pack. Well, the thing is, did you see a picture of him going to it yesterday on Paper? I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, and I just thought, hmm. I suppose the nice thing, though, is it'll be de- obviously it'll be dedicated to Roger Lloyd Pack and John Sullivan. I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know what. what I don't know well, what do you think, to do. Do you think they may have to change? Can the you script? remember what happened at the end? Were the millionaires? I can't even remember what happened at the end of the no, last one. I, I know we found out that he wore his 
Of Freddy brother, Freddy well, yeah. he found out he weren't his brother, was yeah. it? That was hinted at, you know, actually, that was hinted at around about 1985 as well. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah, I was looking at um, one of my mum and dad's box, so I got the early fours and horses box set. So, I don't know, you know what, I mean, there was a little bit of speculation regarding the Still Open All Hours episode, and I, which is... You watched that, did you? I never watched it. I like Open open All Hours, and, you know, it was, there was an awful lot crammed into the, the I think it was 45 minutes that was in it, you know, a lot of people that was in the original series popped up, but you know what it had, Prince? It suffers, I won't say suffer, that's a bad word, Um, it's, it's against modern comedy, um, which I think could be its downfall, but I think there's an audience there for you know we've talked about this many a time about there's... Sunday afternoon comedy. I'm a big fan of Sunday after so sorry, Sunday evening comedy. You've got a bit of work. The last thing I me personally, the last thing I want to watch is that's going to either tax my brain or depress me. Yeah, I've yeah. got to go to work on Monday. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to be depressed yeah. the night. But before. that's why the TV generally in Britain is always like nicer. Yeah, it's like an antique show. Right you've got like last, that, yeah, you know what, and it works. And I'd like to see that's the slot it belongs in. And I'd like to see it come back. I think they need to work on the comedy bit. I think they need to use David Jason a little bit more in a comedy role. But it was a good... Yeah, Why well, was he quite serious in it then? No, not really. But, I mean, you know, he's playing Granville, but Granville who's older. So, you know, I think part of you is expecting him to be Granville from the, the this 1980s. Is the, yeah, this is the... I think and this course, is with Dad, isn't it? Yeah. I saw him turn... Oh, yeah, well, he is old. I mean, yeah, don't think of Dad. No, of course not. Yeah, and the thing is, as well, is that you, you know, you, whatever you say, you, you miss Ronnie Barker, and you yeah, know, yeah. and I think you have to get over. But I mean, you know, uh, what other program have done that? Taggart. <laughs> you know, Taggart, Taggart lasted a lot longer. Yeah, that's it. That's You know, there you go. Um, what else? Yeah, so we've only fours and horses. Hey, let's see what it's like. I mean, I think it's only going to be a one-off. It's special for. I think it's only going to be five minutes. I can't imagine it's going to be an episode. Yeah, no. I, think it's... I mean, maybe, maybe if it works, I'd like to see maybe some future episodes done as features, maybe mini films, one, one a year. All the maybe even Christmas. Out no, you know, you've got no Albert. No Albert when they don't have got no ago, trigger. No trigger. Mm. You've got, I know, Denzel Steam who plays Denzel still about. He's still alive, yeah. Not that one who looks like he's in. I think somebody's come on there. He looked like he died a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, the barman, he died as yeah, well. He died, yeah. Ken, he died. But, you know, there you go. Um, before, we crack, before we crack on, let's not mention, well, you all know what we're talking about, talking about Bobby now. Uh, we have a couple of emails. Oh, before I mention, Today's munch, Carl. Today's munch. You've got you've got a very posh munch today. I know. I've I've decided that every every podcast we do, I'm going to have a snack. And today's snack is mm, Matterson's Fridge Raiders Southern Fried Chicken Bit. Hundred it says on the front. Hundred percent seasoned chicken breast. This is a lot. Is it mechanized meat? I bet it's that mechanized. What is mechanized meat? I saw it on the back of a sausage I was eating the other week. <laughs> right. Is it mechanized meat? Do you want to know what it is? What? Isn't it when it's I don't know, it's a machine. It's everything that's scraped off and then joined together. It is meat, <laughs> but it's it's what the original pork pies were. <laughs> yeah. and this is apparently ninety one percent chicken uh, breast. So that's quite nice, but it does. Why does it say chicken? Nine twenty percent. What's the other? What's the other eight percent in there? Eight point nine percent. It does explain it. Nine percent of the ingredients are seasoning. I don't know. But to be fair, let's have a type. They're not bad. Mm. Uh, <laughs> well, there you go. So, as I munch on this, ladies and gentlemen, help yourself. We have a couple of emails, mm. and <laughs> so I'm laughing because it's actually related to these two emails. We've got an email from a guy. Oh, is this this thing you're on about? You're saying yeah. you're going to like this, yeah? No. He's, a, he's got a fantastic name. What is his name? And I did mention to him, <laughs> I did mention to him that we, we will talk about... Well, we won't talk about it, because I'm embarrassing. A, uh, a film from our youth, a dodgy film, shall we say, 
And the guy who's voted is called Barry Best. Oh, no, he's simply the best for George Best. <laughs> now, no, this was no prompt. No, no, I did yeah, too bad to say no, that. This um, was a, it was a, how would we call it? A risk, rather risque movie. Yeah. And that he, disappeared. He, he, <laughs> he went round the slot. Yeah. This is really, this shows how I will when we were following the video around each other. <laughs> right? Then he disappeared. And do you remember what the label on the video was? It was. So that, so that nobody... No, no, no one's mum and dad had found it. Yeah. He was. He said White Snake on the side. He said he was White Snake in concert, and the guy's tagline was "Only the best for George Best." As he was doing this, yeah, yeah, as he was so uh, Barry Best obviously not related to uh, to uh, porn star George Best, but thanks for inviting him, Barry. Um, I did say that we'd mention that on the podcast, and I said really? yeah, you, you can have a free program. He never did send us his address, and to be fair, I don't blame him. So this is what he has to say: "Hello, Meds and Mad Dog Face Cal." <laughs> I hope you both had a fantastic Christmas. I'm a fairly long-term listener. I started listening a couple of years ago, but I've listened to every show you've done now, and you keep me company as I walk my dogs. I just had to write, following your latest podcast, I listened to it this morning, and I almost burst listening to Meds reading out the mad ramblings of the guy who wrote in, Rob from Bradford. I was crying with laughter to the point where as soon as you finished reading the emails and discussing what on earth he might have meant, I went back to the beginning of the podcast and listened to it all over again. Oh. I must have listened to that section four or five <laughs> times. See, that, that's... No, brilliant. that was a madness. It was, it was madness, that was. Yeah, really. the fact that Barry listened to the, the beginning of it several times and the rest of the show only once. That's fair, <laughs> <something. laughs> Uh, and listen to it all over again. I must have listened to that section four or five times, and I still don't have a clue what his point was. And the whole one star thing had me so confused, and mental stuff about Wilfred Bramble's face and the Red Dwarf Moon. Absolute lunacy. Yeah. You just have to get him to contribute more crazy oh. waffling on. He's comedy gold, even though I'm not too sure if he likes your show or hates it. No, no, we can work, we can work that one out. Yeah. <laughs> Give the guy his own slot. Let's not go too far. Um, can I offer some constructive criticism while I'm on? Something that has niggled me since I started listening, your pronunciation of Ricky Gervais, or uh, Gervais, uh, you're, you pronounce it with a silent S. However, it's not a silent S, it's pronounced. Uh, I have listened to all of Ricky Gervais' programs, podcasts, and his old XFM shows, as well as his stand-up DVDs, and he always pronounces his name as it's spelled. There was even a bit of discussion about it on the Graham Norton show, as Louis Walsh had pronounced his name the way you guys do, and they were laughing about it, put a link. Keep up the good work, uh, good work, guys. There's no way you're the one-star podcast. You guys are sheer class. From Barry, from Newcastle upon time, a wonderful city in our glorious country. Thank you, man. Well, I did explain to Barry, actually, in uh, an email that I sent back to him. The reason why I say Ricky Gervais is the fact that um, doing uh, audio work, uh, I suppress my Birmingham accent. It only comes out when I'm uh, talking to you on this show. Yeah, yeah. And the trouble is, if I say Ricky Gervais... Uh, the Birmingham accent comes yeah. out a little bit. Not I that I'm embarrassed by I didn't even uh, think about that. Yeah. Shiva- oh, but bro, you say I think it's because of that. If we say an S or something, we do tend to elongate. Yeah, the yeah, my bird. Uh, that's not to say that I'm not, I'm not proud of my Birmingham accent. I really am. But it's just the fact that it doesn't make good listening when no, you've got Gervais. No. Yeah, yeah. so, uh, but, but thanks, Barry. And just for you, Barry, we have some more of Rob Kay's rambling words. Oh, yes, no, he's been back in touch once again. I have edited out my emails, replies to him. So this is just Rob. Hello, Waffles. Hope you and the Mad Dog Kelly had a good Christmas. I didn't. I got a match. (laughs) I didn't. I got a matchmaker stuck in my tray. So so I spent most of the Santa day in hospital. 
I do not on Facebook as mum says there's too many perverts on it. Did you like Christmas TV? My favourite programme was Duck on Boxing Day. Did you like it? One star waggle. I got the Monk box set for Christmas. Do you like Monk? I love Monk. My favourite episode is the one with the wooden gun waffle. You could come up to Bradford to camp out at the Owly. I have sleeping bags and a tent. Happy New Year, Waffles. And what happened to the Dad's Army Waffles? I was <laughs> I was to Edinburgh today, Waffles. There are a lot of ginger people in Scotland. Do that was from Rob. Thanks, Rob. I've got to say, I'm liking, I'm liking the cut of his jib, but I don't know if this is real. Is that really coming out of his mind? I don't know. It's it's. We've had some strange people. Oh, dear. That's really madness, isn't it? There's a matchstick in his tracks. No, I think it was a match... Was it a matchmaker or a match... A matchmaker? It was a matchmaker. Classic uh, classic uh, chocolate... Uh, chocolate stuck stick. in his trousers. Stuck in his trout. His trout. Oh, this was his trout. Is that his mouth? I don't know. <laughs> you've got to send us more every every month you've got to send us an email yeah Rob K Rob yeah, K from Bradford and I hope if this I, I think maybe we want to know if you're being ironic or if this is just what you if it is brilliant mm-hmm. I love difference I like difference but I'm starting to wonder if, if in the fact now he's got himself too deep <laughs> yeah yeah that's yeah, because yeah, that. you can dig yourself a hole Rob and trust me, mate, we will keep on coming at you. Yeah, yeah. And you found out about man who had no uh, infusion for anything. He disappeared, didn't he? Mike, Mike wonderful Mike Feather, yeah. Featherstone, who should have his own podcast. I've said this many times. Yeah. He, he's still listening to us. Yeah. He's just that he's... Uh, Where's his non-plussed emails I, on his I, I, I think he got that non-plussed. He's fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> he got that much, yeah. So, uh, should we crack on with the podcast? Let's crack on then. What are we talking about, Cal? We are talking about my favourite film of all time, Apocalypse Now. Then what do we do before we talk about it? You play some form of introductive music. Now, I'm only going to play a small bit of this due to the fact of copyright issues. Uh, normally I don't care about stuff like that, but because I'm playing the end by the doors, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got to be careful. So here's a snippet of the wonderful uh, uh, song by the doors. Oh, 
think that's an apt song to open the film? It very, very well. You're very, very good at this. Just asking the question before he pops another lump of meat in his trap. Um, he is because. Uh, do I want to, now, have you got any facts about this song in the film? Because I can talk about some things. The problem is, but if I... If I when do you I know that it was never meant to be in the film? No, I do know that. But you know, Francis Ford Coppola never pretend, wanted... Pretend that I don't know anything. Yeah. Well, Francis Ford Coppola never wanted any... Now, I'm, now, I'm talking, most people who can listen to his podcast must have saw the film. So there's no spoilers. And if you haven't, why not? But basically, the fade out at the end and the, and the beginning, the fade in at the beginning were meant to be left... Blank. Yeah, with no titles. Nothing. Which I think... In fact, Apocalypse Now doesn't appear at all, does it? Until the end. Very yeah, well, he, look, he said he wanted... His original idea was... Um, his original reason was to have a film without a title. That's what he wanted. It's called a film. But, you know, this was the 70s, and he was yeah. and he was out of his tree on drugs. So <laughs> he thought, yeah, it's great, but the producer, no, we've got to make a title. Then they thought, you've got to have some form. So well, it was a couple of on drugs. Loads of drugs. I mean, I know, well, apart from proper medication to stop him from going fucking sane now. He so, weren't on, <laughs> on severe, he weren't on hardcore drugs. Yeah. He was a massive don't smoke, a lot they all were. Yeah. yeah. Well, put it this, he was living in a volcano when he was making that film. Yeah. There, was a, there was a volcano and he had a, a, a camper van in the middle of it and he lived there <laughs> smoking dope. And he, he used to pat, pass letters under his thing. Like so he was quite good. Like he was, he was <laughs> going quite mental. And he, anyway, mm. So, but I, I think it is because I can understand what the production company was saying that. It, it leaves it a bit nothing. Yeah. And fair enough, if you're watching it 10 times, like I've done 10 or 15 times, it means something. Oh, yeah, I love it the way it all fades in and fades out. With, yeah, but from a selling point. It's... From a selling point of view, you've got to have something. Hmm. And, you know, if anyone, you know, it's, it's an anti-war movie hmm. for the start. Hmm. So, Jim Morrison was very anti-war. So, it was the perfect, and I think now, Fancy Four Couple quite likes it. He didn't like it at the time, and he didn't like it for years and years, but I think he quite likes the music. Do you think, the, do you think oh, the music? The music, I think, yeah, he yeah. I think he's got used to it, because I think he's took a step back, and uh, the madness of all this film that was going on, he still, I thought, yeah, actually, they know what they're doing. He likes the, you know, this is not, we're not doing Redux, are we? But, no, he, no. you know, that was his, but he likes the short version, so he, I think he has, he didn't like it for years. Now, you, you've, um, <clears throat> I, I don't, like the Redux, well, I'll come to my opinions in it in a little bit later on. But I mean, I, I I am of the opinion, as long as it's a director's choice. Yeah. I don't mean the studio taking over. When a director makes a film and he's edited the film to how he wants, or he's instructed his editor how he wants the film to look, mm. and you release it, that's the release you should keep, right? I don't believe in all this adding stuff on mm. a bit later date because unless you was unless like what happened with Gilliam. Unless the studio turns around, takes the film off, yeah, and yeah, then, yeah, yeah, and then unless it's like, a right? Smithy, what yeah, if you yeah, get right? Smithy film, then you do it, you yeah. want to be your because, film because then you've turned around, and say, oh, hold on, that wasn't my vision, yeah, yeah. Right? there's loads like that, there's loads that? like that. Now I can understand you're getting you're getting hold of the the, the cans and saying, well, I, it's my chance to give you the viewers what I think. It's up to you if you don't if you prefer the original release. Mm. Hey, there you go. But he had the, the choice. He, he had his editor yeah. there for like for two years. I think editing the bloody thing. Yeah. So he had the option. Yeah, he did have the option. When you're producing a film that's going to be over two and a half hours long, well, 153 yeah, minutes, yeah. which this film is, I'm not being, you've gone past the normal 90 minute mark, right? Yeah. So I, I, I have this thing of thinking it's a cash in moment. I right? think that. Meds, it, there's no doubt it's a cash in. Mm. I've got no, but he knows that Apocalypse Now fans mm. want more and more and more. Dad, you know he's got a version in his vaults called Legendary and it's seven hours long. Right? Oh, no, now, he says, 
I don't. I don't know. I've read someone else that he was just winding a, a journalist on. Mm. But if it is, would I sit down and watch it? Yeah, I'd sit down. Oh, and watch that, a seven-hour film. There was a bit. I'll tell you about that later on. The, the, the original print. That there's loads to, of rumours. Well, the one it. that went to Cannes was over three hours. Yeah, right. And the, apparently, there's a videotape going around that he's the guy that said, "I call BS on that." And you know the reason why? Because there's no way you could fit that on the videotape. Hmm. Well, yeah, even, even, even if you had it on non-play. Yeah, I just think it's him. Loving starting rumours to keep people keep talking about the film. It's got this film's got a life of its own anyway. So you also, I mean, we have said as well that we're not, as you say, if you listen to this podcast because it's popular, and you, you know the you know yeah, the you can't not we'll talk, we'll talk talk a little got, bit You've about got to talk about yeah. some things. We'll, I mean. we'll talk about it a little bit about it, but we're not going to do what we normally do is is do an in depth thing about the, the story of it. The reason why we do this is because Carol loves this film, and I don't. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. particularly like it. So and so, it's going to be more of a not an argument, but a conversation. No, 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 you, you you just said then that you, you you know as you just said that that if you're a fan of Apocalypse Now and you know that people are going to buy it, but your biggest criticism of George Lucas is that it is it's hypocritical. Yeah. Oh well, no, it's hypocritical. But when you well, when would you get to a point that you don't want anymore? Yeah. I don't... Would you ever get to that point? Because this is what Anthony says, and my Anthony about his Star Wars. You know, I was just going to bring up exactly the same thing. You could say to Anthony, no, he's the biggest Star Wars fan I know. Yeah. That if George Lucas said, right, if we all chip together, all Star Wars fans, and raise a million dollars, I will release a four-hour version of Star Wars mm. with an hour and a half stuff you've never seen with that bit. They'd snap their hands off. I bet you any money that wouldn't take long to get hold of. No. And, and this probably, is when you look... There's probably some rich person. Yeah, I massive. think in a way, it's a weakness of fandom. We've talked about this before. Mm. There's a lot of weakness in fandom is they will give fans what they want. They will wring it yeah, out of them yeah. and will keep buying it. Mm. Like, like you, the more Doctor Who stuff comes out, old stuff that kids give, and the more you'll, even if you don't, if you haven't seen it, or even if you don't really like it, you have to have it. Well, completism is awful. And I'm a completism apocalypse now. But I think you have to be a realist on that, though. It's a bit like, you know, um, there's no way you can be a, well, if you started up now, there's no way you can be a completist of Star Wars, right? Now, we've said this, it's right. fucking saturated it's, it, it, in it. It's, yeah, and there's no, so there's no point trying, in my opinion, right? Because, if you want to be a complete, I mean, you've got to get all the figures. Well, that's going to which, cost you a, a which, which anyway. Figures? And which figures you get. Yeah, you know, like just, Ray is right, yeah. Ray got them all. The- and then you've got the Lego figures that come out, like you were saying, yeah, like yeah. Simpsons thing earlier on. And, and then you've got the films, you've got the videotapes, and, you know, and it gets to the point where you think, well, you can't be a complete, there's no mm-hmm. point in trying. I was a bit like that with the prisoner. You were, and, and I was getting everything I could get my hands on with the prisoner. But there's also a point where you think, well, this program was made in 1966. I'm not going to be able to get the original press releases. Without paying a lot of money, I don't have a, 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 you know the amount of money to willy nilly spend on stuff. No, no, no. But I've got all the I had all the videotapes, I had all the DVDs, and I had all the music tracks. And you know you can buy little figures and all that. That's not too bad. And I suppose Star Trek's all you could possibly yeah. nearly get into the thing of Star Trek. Yeah, because, I, I could. Yeah, I stopped myself. Yeah, because I, that, you know. But, but then, <laughs> but then you've also got people. Where do you go? Because you'll get one company produces a replica. I mean. Jen, our friend Jen uh, and, and Angela uh, went. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. Looked absolutely stunning in there, and they, and they they knew they was getting the the, the the clothing. If anyone wants to look on the Anomaly website, and they met with Dostick and Trex and Sci-Fi, and they all dressed up in the gear, and they looked brilliant. brilliant. And the reason why I looked brilliant is because they actually took the time and effort to go make sure they got the right clothing the instead of some of the people that we, we've seen. Yeah, but there also comes a point where you've got a medical tricorder, yeah. And you can add that medical tricorder, or you can go for this company get a medical tricorder. That one's slightly different, this one makes a noise. Which one do you go for? And then you think, well, I better buy both of them. 
Oh, and then that, he got, yeah, and then yeah. he, to, so he does go a bit mad. So uh, there has to be a point where you turn around and say, as much because I I bought Apocalypse Now and I got a nice box thing. It's got I got the tin box set. It's right? really nice. It's really good transfer. It's, nice, it's really nice good transfer. transfer. It's, always, it's the DVD one, not the Blu-ray one. So of course, as like we were saying, it's it's like, sound, you play it on the Blu-ray. Yeah, it, it, it loses some. It just does it on the Blu-ray player, I should say. But then you got the dossier edition. Which yeah. has got, I don't know if that's the one you've got, where you've got the, the film, you've got the Redux film, and I think there's probably another version of the, it. So there is, is there, no, you've got, uh, it's with, got, without the titles on Well, it. you've got the, because remember, you had the, the proper version, Director's Cut, mm. Redux, Dossier, and there's another one in um, America somewhere that's got other stuff put into it. Yeah. But, look, okay. I, I can't get any more. I, I, I bought the Criterion edition of Brazil, right? It's a beautiful box set. You can't get it. It's not made anymore. It's, oh, it's the only way you're going to get it is if you buy it from second hand. Yeah. And mine is second hand. And it's right. But the trouble is, now I, I watched the extended edition Terry Gilliam's cut version of it. Oh, that guy's long. And he used it because it's a depressive film. That's fine. Yeah, it's a great so, film. And, and, and I suppose you could say to a certain degree that Apocalypse Now is a bit depressing. I actually don't find it depressing yeah. at all. No, because, but you could. If you... Yeah, but the thing is, though, is that it's filmed in such a way, Apocalypse Now, where it's... It's because it's filmed in, in the Philippines, yeah. which is a beautiful country, and so you've got all these beautiful things to look at. Even though it's set in Vietnam, yeah. you still know it's not Vietnam. Yeah, you do. You can't tell. You, you, you know, the films don't look right. Well, no, that, it's not that. You know that. You know that it's not. Yeah, right. You know, war's not going on. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. It's a bit like Mash. I love Mash. We're not watch Mash. It's set in Korea. You, you still look at it and you think, oh, I'd like to live there. Mm. And you think to yourself, you know what, I mean, I don't like boats, but you think, yeah, you could imagine going down that boat. That oh, that's that, you know what I mean? But with Brazil, there's nothing in that film. That's oh. nice. There's no, you, you wouldn't want to live in his apartment. You wouldn't want to live in his workplace. No, no. You wouldn't want to, no. you know, there's nothing nice about Brazil. So when you get an extended version of it, yeah, yeah. you know, you kind but, of, oh, you I do love it, though, but I think that's the one that started it all off with these versions, weren't it? That, that was the first where he had his version, he fought to get his own. But again, though, that's, and, and, and like I said earlier on, there's a reason for him bringing that version out, and that's because oh. he was taken off him to, yeah, yeah. to do it. With yeah, this, yeah. with the readers, there isn't. And, I, I, you know, we've got to bring it up, and there is the plantation scene in that. Yeah. And then we realised, did we go to the cinema to see the Puxnet? I can't, you know, we watched it something. I think we must did. have, you know, because I've only, I can't imagine me, you and Kev sat down on a Friday night mm-hmm. and watched the three and a half hour I can't do one. We'll be talking all the way through. Yeah, well, yeah. So, so I can't imagine. <laughs> no, <laughs> we must have kind of saw it. I've read, I've read the reasons for it. I understand why you wanted to put it back in. And I still maintain I don't see the point. No, yeah, I can. Now, my wife is a massive fan of this. Mm. She doesn't like Redux. No. No, but I do. And like I said, we'll go into this probably a bit later on. But there is a reason why I like it. Mm. Because. Um, so there's still that. Yeah. Okay. Well, basically, that scene is about con- is about context in that film because it it starts off and the beginning bit where he where, where he's taken into the room and told about his message mm-hmm. and his me- message told about his mission. You see all the little things about America everywhere. That's that little bit of America in there. Yeah, and that bit, yeah, with the, with the dinner. Right. Like if you do film studies, that's a big scene. Mm-hmm. That is. You have to really you have to break that scene down. And that's got a lot of as a scene in that as anyway. But um, the the plantation scene. You know, you know my opinions of, of, yeah, yeah. of, of anyway. film study, but yeah, anyway, but, I, yeah, anyway, but um, <laughs> well, you could have just wrote it like that. You could. Yeah, I was thinking. <laughs> no, I'm thinking. Like I said, he was a pretentious. They were pretentious at the time because they're all. This is a height of new Hollywood. They're all. Let's just go with it. Mm. But that see that thing you were saying. Well, you know, this has happened before. You know, you get nothing from it. They've all mm. gone mad. 
They've all gone mad in this little French world where they're all speaking French. Because remember, you know, 15 years before the Vietnam, the French had fought the Viet Minh mm. and lost. And that's what he was trying to say. But I can understand why people don't like it because it, it's a weirdly paced bit. It's all it's really, really serious, dark, really serious. Yeah. Logo. Then also you got this really tranquil scene where he has sex that, with the woman. Yeah. I love it all, but it's, it doesn't work in the it, film. It, it adds nothing to no, the it doesn't. Does it? I like it because I love that story. I love the but story. Wouldn't you, that wouldn't you just be happy with that as like, oh, that's an extra, that's a deleted scene. Oh, yeah, yeah. The because I, I think it, just ta- it takes you too much out of the film yeah. because it breaks the, it breaks the journey. Oh, no, it does. There's no doubt it does. And he said he wanted it. He was, it was the eye of the story. Mm. And that's what it was. Because remember, the EAE described. So be- is that before. Um, um, what's his name? Florence Fishburne's character. Uh, Cree? Cree? Yeah. Is that before he gets killed? Is that after? It, it is. That's before it. Because it's yeah. like. So he said, it's going all mad and then have a calm bit. And he said it was like to give people who were watching the film, like, right. A toilet break. Let's have a think. <laughs> yeah. Let's have a think what's just happened. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Something's not right in this story. This film's about madness. Like, there's loads of people talk about this film in philosophy. It's like the descending the rings of hell. And that's what this film is. It's about madness dropping yeah. lower and lower and lower. And he said, oh, you can't just have that because, but actually, it works better without it because it, that, but, it is a fall into the but that, ma- but that madness, though, of the film is, is created because of the journey that Francis Ford Coppola went on while making it. It's not, it's not, I mean. Oh, no, it's, it's real. Yeah. There, it's there's, real. there's no so, doubt. It's not like, you know, it'd be interesting to see what the film would have actually have been like without him going through all this yeah, personal journey. There was like, the, look, if that film would have been done, it, said he's been taught, it, what would it have been like? They say this film would have been done by, um, I don't know, another director at the time, George Lucas, Rob, or someone well, like... Lucas was meant to do it. That's and he dropped out. That's exactly, the, their working relationship was destroyed because of that. Oh, decision. it would have been. It would. I don't know. If, if, if loads of people like to talk about that and what that film would have been like. Well, because it, because Lucas, I think Lucas. Has, you know, let's face it. I know we've mentioned this before, but Star Wars, in essence, is a World War Two film. It's right? a, it, because it, 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 it uses all the World War Two yeah, yeah, footage. Well, the Nazis in that. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Lucas's last piece of gold is him doing a war film. Yeah, a proper war. But he did that red tap. You know, no, I mean, I mean, I mean a, a proper, you know, you mean, film. Saudi private Ryan. He, this a film he should have done that. Well, he, he oh, I love that. I really like that film. Yeah, but I mean, going back to like the, the 60s style World War Two film. I don't know why you never did. Like, like, Kelly's Heroes. Yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? I mean, a World War Two yeah. film where it's got a that's got a bit of a cheeky story to it, a yeah, definition yeah. to it. That's what Lucas should do. I, even now, yeah, I still yeah. the as much as much yeah. as the 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 shit that we give him at times. And I, I can't knock the fact that he created one of the biggest franchises, and, and yeah, he did. But I still think he's wasted his filmmaking skills. Oh, yes. Because he made THX 1138, he made uh, American Graffiti. Like, technically great films. Technically great films. And it's something that means a lot to Americans, because it, yeah, you know, like I said, it's, it's a bit lost for us. Because, because we never had that world. Yeah, exactly, right? where it's not happy days, and it didn't yeah. mean anything I mean, to we, us. we have, uh, we have what's his name, uh, Mike Lee. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Do you know what I mean? I mean, that's how, you know, in America, Mike Lee's films will be lots totally. I mean, we know that because of the social culture. Yeah, Ken Loach and all that. Ken Loach, yeah, 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 exactly. Like Kess and all yeah. that. Um, and I honestly think, and I, I don't think, he, I don't think um, he, he's lost it. I think he still has that potential to make such a such a great film. I think he's probably, yeah. I don't know what, like I said, we'll never know. It's not well, maybe he's just tired now and, and, I don't know, anyway, yeah. Anyway. Well, no, let's go. Now, look, uh, you know, uh, 
This film was written by the, the wonderful uh, uh, John Milius, who has created some of the ground great films. He also wrote uh, Homefront on the uh, PS3 that came out about two years yes, ago. Yes, he did, didn't he? Yeah. Actually, I've got that at home. You should play it. It's got really good stuff. Game's a bit crap, but the story's great. <laughs> yeah, the story's yeah, great. It's always the way. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, uh, as well, we've uh, Francis Ford Coppola's additions to it, and Michael Hare, who wrote all of the narration scenes, which of course done by Martin, Martin not only Martin Sheen. Well, yeah. yeah. I'll get to that in a minute. Um, it's based on, of course, the book by Joseph Conrad, Hearts of Darkness. The biggest difference to the book, to the film, of course, is that um, it's he's in, not meant to kill him. He's no, and, and, him. And, and it's set in Belgium, and it's set in the Congo, Belgian Congo. Yeah. Um, but now I love the book. I love I love the book. I, yeah. love, I, I think it's you know it, it's a dated book now. I read it really recently, actually. Um, it's a really great book. Why do you, you say it's dated? I, I, like I said, the politics in it are really offish. Mm. You know, he's the horrible white people, and you know the way they, the way they treated the people in the Belgian well, Congo. Is that, is that, yeah, but is that? I'm just, I'm just saying. I just think he's dated in that way. I think it's dated for modern day readers. Yeah, yeah. if you're an 18 year old kid and didn't know anything about the history of what had in Africa and uh, Joseph Conrad, mm. you, you would have go, oh God, God, the racism's a bit. Why, why is he a hero? Who's a, you know a white slave mask? Because it, it, it was of its time, and it, and Joseph Conrad was writing against it all. Yeah, but that's my and it's and the you know the translation. It's a bit dodgy. I've never read a good translation of it. I, I just think it's a book of its time. It's a great, great book. But some films, some books, and some films are of their time. Yeah. And I think it's a book of its time. It's only a short story as well. I, when no, I was supposed to be like TV series, isn't it? It's like what we were saying about some TV programs that you can't show these days because of the 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 um, so it starred at Martin Sheen, uh, Robert Duvall, Marlon Brando, Frederick Forrest, Albert Hall, Sam Bottoms, Lawrence Fishburne, Dennis Hopper. And the music was by Carmine and Francis Ford Coppola, released by uh, Zootrope Studios, which of course was Francis Ford Coppola's own thing, distributed by United Artists. On 15th of August 1979, at 153 minutes, the budget is 31.5 million, which is quite a lot. Uh, for them, yeah. Uh, the base, I'll just read out the little summary of uh, basically what it is, and that's all. It's a very short, it's a simple story. Yeah, US Army Captain and Special Operations Veteran Benjamin L. Willard, played by Martin Sheen, returned to Saigon since his involvement in the ongoing Vietnam War, drinks heavily and hallucinates alone in his room. One day, military intelligence officers, Lieutenant General Corman, G.D. Spraldlin, and Ju- uh, Colonel Lucas, Payroll Harrison Ford approach him with a top secret assignment to follow the Nung River into the remote jungle to find Special Forces Colonel Walter E. Kurtz, played by Mayan Brando, and kill him. Kurtz apparently went insane and now commands his own uh, troops inside neutral Cambodia. Now, before there's loads of facts, but we'll, we'll go through these. And if there's any that I don't like, then I'll probably cut them out in edit. Um, so let's talk about the, the journey that Martin Sheen. Go well, that's what I, should, I should say, Martin Sheen. I suppose he is a little bit Martin Sheen, but oh, wow. Willard goes through. I mean, um, uh, well, let's finish about it. There's a, the thing with this film is a lot of fact mm. and uh, reality and fakery, yeah, we got mixed up, and especially with Martin Sheen mm. because that was the bit that went first grabbed me in this film. I remember seeing it as a kid, it was on BBC Two, it was Alex Cox on Alex Cox. Yeah. Remember, you used to be brilliant as a kid. You get like a weird film on a Sunday night at 10 o'clock. Alex Cox had introduced something. I remember saying it was that scene. Mm. It's the scene when he's in the thing. And when you hear about the, the making of that, yeah. it's like it's actually more shocking than the actual film in it. Yeah, well, what the scene that comes on about is um, the scene at the beginning uh, with Captain Willard alone in his hotel room is completely unscripted. Martin Sheen told, Martin Sheen told the shooting crew 
just let the cameras roll. Sheen was actually drunk in the scene. Yeah. It was his birthday, wasn't it? Yeah, and punched the mirror, which was real glass. Uh, Sheen also began sobbing and tried to attack Francis Ford Coppola. Crew was so disturbed by his actions, they went to stop shooting, but Coppola told them to carry on. The scene was filmed on Martin Sheen's 36th. Crazy. Because I know. Nobody think that he's four years younger than we yeah, are now. The state of he was in a really, he was a really bad in state, mm. though, weren't he? And it's that bit when you've watched that film, the, the, oh, the, the when he's saying to him, yeah. "You think you're beautiful, but and you're not." And that's that scene where he's staring in the mirror, isn't yeah. it? He's looking at himself, and that's where he gets upset, doesn't he? Because he realizes what a state he's in himself mm. as an actor, not even a role. And that's what that film is. There ain't many. You'd never, they'd never allow that in a, in, in, they'd never allow that in a film now, yeah. would they? Someone to really hurt because he really hurt himself. Did Mm. and just carry on filming but this sums up the madness of what that's in the first in 15 minutes of the film <laughs> that one you was on about the, uh, there is actually a 299 minute work print which circulates as a video bootleg containing extra material not included in any of the films yeah, that, that, or, the, or the Redux version was that legendary like, I've read you know I think, I think I think it was going for £500 I ain't spending £500 on a knocked up video mm. No, he said he's going to release it at some point yeah, in his life. He's bound, I think he's bound to it. Now, what do you think about the journey on, on because the, the, the main section is of the, the film is the boat. Well, it's a road movie. Crew, it's it? a road movie. This film without any roads in it. Mm. I think all this stuff is what it just made it look so exciting, didn't it? When you mm. when I first saw this film, I thought, what oh, brilliant! Been a little especially boat. Lawrence Fishburne, who was actually fourteen. Yeah, he lied, didn't he? Yeah. Like, no, you know. Would you say he was 14? No, he looked... He, he looks... He looks 14, I think, but he's, he's acting and he's acting. because he's big as well, isn't he? He's a, he's a big... Oh, he's a stupid thing. I mean, he's... He's tall, isn't he? I mean, you know, I mean, considering what he looks like now... Like I said, I think it was so... There was so much stuff going on in that film. I didn't really care. As long no. as you could do it. He looked good. And he did. He is really good, isn't he? He is, yeah. yeah. I mean, Sam Bottoms as well. He was off his face on LSD and yeah. coke. No, that bit. <laughs> you can tell. It. You can tell that bit. He's, he's tripping. He's tripping. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's when he's popping. staring out across the thing. But it just, for some reason, it works in that film. I've sort of, I've watched a few films where people are on drugs generally because of crap. Easy you know, Rider. Easy Rider. I like Easy Rider, but it's nonsense. Pretentious, it's pretentious. I like it, but mm. every, I think what gets you through Easy Rider is everyone looks so bloody cool in it. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's got Jack Nicholson in it. But with this, it works. Mm. And like I said, when I first this film, I didn't know anything about all this stuff. I saw brilliant acting. Mm. There's not loads of acting in this film. It's all people beating themselves. Beating themselves and going for it. I mean, there's the bit where we're on the boat and they pull that, um, the Viet Cong little cargo thing over and I say, we have, to, we have to check it out, you know. And they end up killing everyone on there because the, the girl was willing to save the dog. Yeah. You know, it's a heartbreaking scene now. They kill everybody. And then, and then Martin Sheen just shoots that girl in the head because we've got a mission to do and go on. You know yeah, no, I, So there's a change for, from, from he's not, Willard's character there. Yeah. Well, he's but, not, a, yet again, let's go back a bit. He's, 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 you know, would you say Willard's a hero in this film? No. He's not a hero. He's a murderer. He's going to murder someone. Yeah. And he's done it before. Well, that's what he is, isn't he? He's yeah. search and destroy. Yeah. That's why he hates himself, yeah. isn't he? Assass- he's an assassin at the end of yeah. the day. Because he says, did you or did you not do that? And he goes, I, I have no recollection. I do not know what that mission is you're talking about. Yeah. You know, and, and you think, yeah, this is a person who, behind the... Because there's no question about the fact that Martin Sheen's a good-looking fella. Yeah. You know? And, you know, he's... he's there's a... Which is probably the reason why he works so well. And probably the reason why Harvey... We should point out, because Harvey Keitel was originally yeah, yeah. cast in his. And actually filmed some scenes, and he is actually in the film. Um, and then was replaced by you know, but, yeah. because there's no there's never been any explanation for no. it sometimes a little bit like um, what's his name in uh, Back to the Future um, 
Eric Stoltz. Eric Stoltz was cast and filmed something like two weeks worth of footage. Can't believe and was replaced by, reluctantly replaced by, you know, uh, uh, the last minute by Zemeckis because you can tell, you can, you could be the best, best at anything in the casting, but then when you get into the role, the director's going to know. It takes a brave director to replace someone. Yeah, yeah. And it also takes a brave actor to turn around and take it on the chin. And fair play. Yeah, no, yeah I think it's on the It was really hot around that yeah, time as well. Like, yeah, well, Mean Streets. Yeah, and yeah. And now, I've never read anything about Kytel's explanation. And, and he's never, as far as I know, maybe anyway, listeners might know. Well, it's even on that really good documentary about it. Yeah. You know, it doesn't start. Nothing's talked about it. And I don't know who she talked about. It just didn't work at the time, yeah. you know. And, and so he was placed... And Martin Sheen, you oh, know, nice, he? he looks great. But and that's what makes his, his character even more intriguing. The fact that you know he, he looks like butter wouldn't melt. Well, that's what you think. Which is kind of reason. Oh no, let's have someone who's really hot. Oh no, let's bring in someone who's a, a crazy alcoholic. Yeah, and and he's got uh, issues about his body appearance yeah. and making that role. You know, it, you wouldn't do it now, but it worked. Mm. And that's the weird thing, is he? And I think opening it with that, with the, with the scene of him drunk and punching the thing, because. It, 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 it takes you out of where, oh, oh, what you know it throws you. Mm. It throws you. It's like the bit where you know where he's staring at the and oh, it's the. Yeah, I love that. I yeah. mean, it's the, the rotary. The rotary fan, yeah, yeah. And he's there. He's still there yeah. in his room. He's there all the while. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he's, he, you know, fun. Vietnam is him. He, you know, he's become the. You know, that's what people said. He's become this the American army in Vietnam, which was mm. bloated and. You know, they were all they were all using loads of drink and drugs of the stress and mm. they were killing people like that that didn't matter. Like I said, the part of this, why are they going after Colonel Kurtz? There's bigger problems and that's the obsessed with getting Colonel Kurtz. It's that it's the obsession as well, but it's also the, the thing of them deadly scared about what uh, is uh, uh, you know bad press. Which of course Vietnam had seriously bad press because it was a war that wasn't won. <laughs> well, the thing is, everyone knew, you know, this was around the time where people were starting, I think, at the time when the, it's meant to be set, that this was the time where people were seeing it on the TV. Well, oh, well, Adam well, is not invincible. No, well, bear in mind, this was filmed in 1977. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's it's way too close. And I yeah. think maybe that's, that's it. I mean, the guy who, who I mean, I, I do... Remember, the war had finished in 73. Yeah, I know. So, that's what's, that's what's and they were still going, they were still bombing after 73 in Laos and Cambodia. Yeah. Sorry, I was just looking up. Something that I, I thought I had, but it'll come to me later on. But yeah, um, so uh, we've got to get to, <laughs> we're going to have to talk about Marlon Brando now, which was my bug bug area. Now, what do we talk about now? We're talking about Marlon Brando his film or Marlon Brando's an actor because there's two different things. If you talk about Marlon Brando's mm-hmm. an actor, there's nothing to talk about because he's one of the greatest actors ever and he invented modern acting. But if you talk about it at the time, I can understand why people don't like it. Right. That's what I can say. This is my point. The reason why. I, and say my opinion and I, I mean I said this to you on the phone after I watched it yeah, 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 yeah. Said, this, this podcast, this podcast <laughs> is, isn't going to be as electric as I kind of hope I was so angry with Marlon Brando and I mean I'll just read this out here Marlon Brando was paid one million dollars in advance he threatened to quit and keep the advance to me that's just been a wank yeah right? I know yeah fans of all copies told his agent that he didn't care and if they couldn't get Brando they'd try Jack Nicholson Robert Redford and Al Pacino Brando eventually turned up late Drunk, Drunk yeah. 40 kilograms overweight, and admitted he hadn't even read the script or Heart to Darkness, the book, of course, which is based on. He read a couple of scripts and then refused to do it. And after days of arguments over single lines of dialogue, an ad lib style script was agreed upon. And this was shot according to Brando's stipulations that he appears in the shadows. That's the reason why I don't like this film, right? Well, initially. Initially, yeah. The reason why I don't like this film. 
I can't tolerate that kind of diva attitude, right? I don't I... care who you are and how big a star you think you are. Because at this point in Brando's life, in 1977, he was a lost cause. Oh, well, he was on his way out. Yeah, he was on his way out. He'd been out, on his way out a long time before this film was yeah. made, right? You paid a million, million dollars. Oh, and that's not money, right? Then. From a man who, you know, the Godfather had, you know, really, Godfather was something that he had brought him back into it. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, Coppola's, he owes him a lot. Oh, no, he And then Coppola helped him out. Like, uh, you can't, you, you can't, agree of this kind of behaviour yeah. and when you look at him as well he's only 5 foot 10 Brando is the same height as me yet he's filmed to make him look like 6 foot right because he's got a lot more imposing yeah, yeah. Okay? you imagine Nicholson in this role yeah. not so much Redford I don't think yeah too pretty too pretty Nicholson I think would have killed it I think personally, yeah it's right? interesting it's interesting because he was, yeah. his, he was really good in the late 70s as well Nicholson you, you turned around and said just then that about, about Brando's acting and he's, he's he was the forefront of modern day I, I totally agree with you. Yeah, yeah, okay? yeah. And you, I mean, you've got your post up there. Yeah, you know, and, you know, and Streetcar and Desire. You know, you you name these early films. Brando's Brando's screen presence is enough to oh, carry a film. Right? Macho, Macho, yeah, Macho coming off the screen. And there is that kind of there's a certain uh, homosexual point as well. Definitely, think that's why because there's that thing of like you know boys want to be him, yeah, girls want to shag him. You know what I mean? It's this kind of thing, and there's also certain. I use this underline for modern day interpretation of this like campness that goes on there. You know the labour thing and all this kind of jazz. Right? Oh, you're talking the the, the war, not the war punch, the war uh, one, war one. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, we, we invented that guy. Yeah, that guy the of, you know what I mean? Yeah. And the, the macho kind of beefy yeah. kind of look, yeah. and he's without a shadow of that a very handsome guy, he's oh, charismatic, really, 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 and his yeah. acting was you know just just fantastic. Even on the you know. And, uh, even that, yeah, no, we're really on the back. He's amazing. He's an arse on that film. It's amazing, isn't he? Yeah. You know, and he pulls that back. Yeah, yeah. And also, also in Superman as well. You know, I mean, yeah, that's another one. Again, this was yeah, he'd done Superman, hadn't he? Of course, yeah. yeah he'd so he'd already got his good back, and then let himself go again. And that's what annoys me so much. Yeah. And and I, I got I'm incredibly tired of people's attitude. Like you know, not so much nowadays, but when we were younger, we was into film where you know it was all like you know. Everything had to be like Simon Pegg says it. You 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 only like film if you like three colours blue or yeah, blue, no, you know all these yeah, yeah. French international oh, yeah. film last bollocks in my opinion. And and I just I think it's, I'm so disappointed in how somebody can re- look, we all let ourselves go at the end of the day. That's fine. But when your job is to yeah. look good and to be able to perform and to turn up and, and from a writer's point of view, me being a writer, if I employ someone to to read my work and I said I ain't read it. I go well. I've just paid you some money to read my scripts on on audio, which is mm. what I do. Have some fucking decency about yourself, right? Mm. You're not big enough, right? and this is the problem where he thought. And yeah, okay, they got him in, and he's in for 15 minutes of the film. He doesn't say an awful lot. You know, no, no. he scratches his head a few times. He mumbles all the way oh, through. Yeah. Now I understand that. You know, you, you think when you see that now, you think, can you imagine anyone else doing it? It's really like, can you imagine Tom Selleck wearing the, the fedora in Indiana Jones? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. The trouble is, is that I don't think he's very good doing that bit. Yeah. And considering that there was so much footage shot of him, you know, I mean, there's some stuff in the facts that I'll read a bit later on, where he's reading this stuff out. And I'm thinking, I'm sitting there thinking, this is one of the greatest actors. Oh, yeah, he invented it, my Right? Yet you're there, dribbling like a buffoon, picking a melon, scratching your ass. 
And I'm sorry. Yeah. I just think it does. I just think it's a waste. Yeah, no, I'll, t- I'll tell you my repast to that. Why, okay, I, why I like that. Why I like him in it. Okay. Because in all this film, right, at the beginning, they're scared of Colonel Kurtz. Mm. Everyone's scared of Colonel Kurtz. We've got to stop him because what he's doing is chopping off the limbs of kids. He's doing all this. He's a monster. The mighty made to be this big monster. And when they get there, he's like a monster. He's a monster living in a cave. You get there and what is he? He's a fat old man who mm. can't speak. That's what I like about it. That, to me, was the Vietnam War that made these Viet Cong people up to be these monsters. And who were they? They were farmers. Mm. And that's why I like that scene. I can understand what you're saying, uh, Meds, because loads of people are saying, but I am in the opinion, I like it because it shows you, at the end, Colonel Cords was just a man. Mm. And all that, they've gone through all that to kill a fat man who was you, washing you, his I mean, bald head. Right. <laughs> that's what I like it yeah. for, but that's my personal... But, but again, though, that's not something that... That's something that you that's not to... from him being on screen. Yeah, yeah. My other thing, though, is that if you, if you, if you took him out, right... But kept all the other scenes into it, which I know they had to turn around. One of the final scenes you see is 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 Martin Sheen walking up and looking at the typewriter and reading the manuscript that he's wrote. Yeah. Right. That's what they're scared of. Yeah, yeah. That is not him, right? What they're scared of and what they're sent in really to do was to get rid of this manuscript, this philosophy. Because I, this is the they're gonna win. I, they're yeah, gonna win. I think I think the character of Kurtz from what I read in it, that that ain't scene, is that they're killing a philosopher. They're killing somebody who is 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 talking about the world in a bubble of the, of the Vietnam War. That's what I see. Yeah. That I quite like. If if that's what, what is that I scene where he talks, doesn't he? Where he goes, um, the Viet man, the Viet uh, the Viet Cong children in the village were given antibiotics by the American soldiers, and the Viet Cong come in and cut all the arms off the yeah all the kids who done it. If I look at it, I think, how can I win this war? And I think that's it. They're scared. Uh, especially was then that, you know, can we be a civilised nation going around chopping people's arms up? I don't know. Like I said, this is why I love this film because every apocalypse, you know, I said when I did a film, we had a whole morning talk about this film and there was four other Apocalypse Now fans in this classroom I was in, right. and every single one of them had a completely different opinion on well, that. Well, that's a nice that's, a, that's why I like yeah, it, yeah, that's yeah. why I like it. And I think it's so open to interpretation. I'm a bit, a bit interested to see if, if there are any other Apocalypse Now fans out there, what they think of the, the Marlon Brand thing, because whatever you say about it, if you ask anyone in the street, name an actor who's in, name an actor who's in uh, Apocalypse Now, like, well, uh, uh, Marlon Brando. Mm. And that's the thing, he's only in 15 bloody minutes, but he... Steals the film is the wrong term. He just he he he's in it. He just he exudes all through that film. We've still got the Dennis Hopper thing as well, isn't it? We haven't even got round to Dennis Hopper yet. No. This is this film. We've been speaking for about forty minutes. We haven't even mentioned Dennis <laughs> Hopper. How amazing he is! I know, it? I know. Which we, we, we knew this podcast was going to be a, a fairly long one. But the thing is, this is why this is why I was fairly annoyed after I finished watching it because. I'm trying to remember all the reasons why I was so angry about it when I was younger. And maybe if I understand it a bit more, maybe I see things. Well, yeah, maybe just had a good you know? gap. So you know, we... Yeah, maybe. But I mean, the thing is as well, is, and I'm fully aware now that I'm being, I'm being fairly hypocritical to what I've just said. I love some of his ad-libs as well. I love some of his lines. Some of his, he wrote himself are really good. His improvised line of, of which I think, I mean... And, and, and okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, back myself up here for the reason why I, I know really because 
I just said the, the reason why I, I, I don't, because I do like the film, but the yeah. reason why I, I hate Brando so much, and I do hate him in this film, again, because I explained the fact yeah, yeah. I think he's wasted. And it's because of something like this, oh, right? I know, because yeah, yeah. he can produce such oh. brilliant stuff. You're an Evan boy sent by the grocery clerks to collect a bill. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, it's a great line, isn't it? Man, that's that's like a yeah. Tarantino line. Yeah, like it is. And I dare say it's a bit like a Kevin Smith line. You yeah, know, yeah. You know, he gets him little gems, right? Yeah, yeah. That's why I get annoyed by this film, right? Because I know that if he wasn't so fat and so drunk and so bloody lazy, yeah, yeah. he could have produced. More. Well, I think that's why Coppola, because he knew. In it, in that performance, mm. like I said, there might be one line that would be. That I know, but don't you think? Don't you think it could have been so much? Oh, better. I mean, yeah. yeah. There's no doubt it could have been better. Yeah. I, you know, the way I interpret it now is because I'm that is all I know. Mm. So it's time. I, I, I suppose that's what we have to. You do. have to go on what I know. Do yeah, I like that? Yeah. Do I like it? Yeah, I do. Mm. Do I like him in it? Yeah, because I love Marlon Brando. Mm. Marlon Brando can do anything, and I like it. Yeah, mm. I, I, I even like his last films he did. Then when he was about eight, not old, last time going Paris. I don't mind that film. I don't mind that film because he's brilliant in it, but no, he's a really pretentious film, but I like him in it. And that's it. And, but, you know, you went from, you know, what he was and what he... I think those people say that's why it's so good, that mm. he's prepared to put himself on screen But he's not, like, No, no, no. No, I know, that, I know it's not... Yeah, it's, well, because he, he, he's he's stipula- yeah, well, yeah, and his stipulations was the fact that you filmed me from yeah, a low yeah. camera angle in the shadows because I'm a real fat bloke now. I've shaved all my head off and I'm just eating mangoes. And you think, you, and that's what, that's yeah, what, yeah, yeah. I mean, but it's, the trouble is, it's like what you just, you just said a really good, well, you said a load of good points, actually, but I mean, you, you've just said then that, you know, we watch it and we're talking about it, and, and that is what it is, that's the scene that it is, and there's no getting away from it, we have to accept that, and yeah. yes, we do accept it, and, and yes, he's doing that, but could it be anybody who did that? Well, maybe Nicholson could do it. You know what, the trouble is, right, is yeah, that, yeah. I think if you took somebody else now, right, and 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 had they were a big fella with a bald head, and they got to do them lines. Would it be the same? No, nope. probably not. No, you because I mean? Brando, like, like Dennis Hopper, gave off something charisma, which is what a lot of actors are very lacking these days. Mm. That's why we like Tom Hardy. Tom, like I said, oh Tom Hardy. No, I said if they were going to do a remake of this film, I'd have him playing Colonel Kurtz. Well, he'd be amazing what, at it. You don't even have to say anything, Tom Hardy. Does nah. it? Sometimes he just like in Branson, he can just stand in there and he gives off something. Actors don't really have it anymore. There's a lot of modern actors don't have it. You know, they're just Chris Evans and all these kind of people. James, Josh Brolin. They're all just people. They're just on the screen pretty look good yeah. Brando just gave off something and it's mesmerising when he's in it but for positive or negative reasons but you can't take your eyes off the screen yeah. even if you don't like it you ain't looking away when he's on there are you what, what, what would you say is the, the the best I mean the thing is, is that I, I think when you watch a box now there's so many so many scenes oh, in there everyone's so got their own little version you know, you've got the like. helicopter the, the play girl, yeah, yeah. girls come down and, and you're like, everyone, everyone's, definitely, everyone's yeah. going mad and then you've got the bit where as the um, the boat comes and all the people have been and you know, there's bodies hanging from there yeah, there's yeah. heads with their tongue yeah. cut out uh, and that was from Mike Morby yeah, 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 <laughs> that was yeah, the yeah. word of the day tongue um, but you know they're all slightly disturbing scenes and, and I think that the, one of the most iconic scenes and I think it's always been used when there's a clip of a pocket that comes on is of course Martin Sheen coming out of the water 
And I always think that now, no, I don't know amazing. anybody, if you've watched this film and you like this film, where when mean? you've been in the water, yeah, I mean, just everyone's... Do, can you do that? Because I've tried cutting up and everyone's over. Because you're really slowly as well. So whether that's, that's, the that's the film, sorry, sorry, I don't know. But it looks always because in my eyes. No, it's an amazing <laughs> scene, though, that is. And like I said, that scene was all meant to be completely silent, wasn't it? It is near enough, though. Yeah, it? I know you've got the little bit of the fade out with the music at the end. Because, no, I, I, but that's because you, that's yeah. killing the cattle at the... the I don't know, it's like it, look at it. I love, I love, I love Colonel Kilgore in it, Robert Duvall. That scene... We haven't even talked about No, this is it. We haven't even talked about someone who won in it, you know, was nominated for an Oscar mm. for that role. That's how yeah, amazing... I know we've said this before, especially because, like, he was in the Godfather that as well. Did, I did. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. It's a good job on video. But I mean, I think we've said this before, maybe not on the show, but the fact that Robert Duvall, one of the most underrated oh, actors yeah. ever, do you think? Because I mean, his, his portrayal in, in The Godfather. Oh, film, I think it's the best thing in it. Absolutely. I, you know, I, like I said, I know Marlon Brando is really good in the, the, the thing, and Pacino's amazing, Robert De Niro. But when I think of my favourite character, that it's him, mm. because you don't know much about him. And he's, he's very still, dangerous. He's still, really, he's still, oh, you're probably, oh he's, he's the legal side. Yeah, he's, he's a very dangerous man. Everyone think thinks massive. he's nice, he's close yeah. to the area. He's very nice. Uh, like I said, you've got just roles in this film. Everyone's good in it. So like I said, I love, I think the best scene in Redux for me that's in it is the bit, the comedy bit. Oh, I like that, where the hide, the surfboard, and yeah. they're looking for him. Yeah. Where's bring that bloody surfboard back? But he dropped the leg and he said it was fun. But I sort of like that a few minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the middle of all that, all he's obsessed with is bloody this well, surfboard. Actually, actually, that clip uh, ruins the continuation of, of, um, of Dennis Hopper's character, the photojournalist, and his character because they both leave the scene, the screen, in exactly the same way. Uh, they both just walk off to the right, and yeah. so does Dennis Hopper's character, and so does like whatever. But that one scene ruins that connection yeah, between the two characters. So like, those two book because they bookends they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, the, again, the reason why the Redux doesn't work because that yeah. ruins the, the uh, yeah. bookend. I think I, I said I, I like it on its own as an individual scene. That you know, I said if I, in all of Redux, the only scene I put back in, it, as I said, for my personal reason, was the plantation. All the other stuff. I think it's just quite silly and quite mm. funny. But, you know, the, the Charlie Don't Surf line. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you, you someone wrote that. Charles. Someone wrote that down on paper. Yeah. They must have not known. Oh, that's a throwaway line. It's, people still quote that to this day, Charlie Don't Surf. Now, there's a line. Um, you know the line where it says the famous line, uh, terminate with extreme prejudice? Yeah. Like, and that's quite by Jerry uh, Zeisma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. also the assistant director. Now, he's the one who directed Brando in all of his scenes. Because oh. Coppola couldn't... He just couldn't handle it. <laughs> no, that says something. When Francis Ford Coppola can't handle someone. Now, is there anything you want to say before I go through? Because there's quite a lot of these tribute bits. Hello, Hello, wife. Hello. Um, Once again, the cameo on the Apocalypse yeah. Now podcast. Is there anything you want to say? What's going on there? Is it a coconut? You've got a coconut? <laughs> Why? Of all the things to bring home, <laughs> are you watching Holy Quail later, mate? <laughs> now, I know you like your horse riding, yeah, yeah, and you can't yeah, afford a yeah, horse. Yeah, yeah. Is it some kinky love play? Yeah. It's a kinky love play. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're really walking straight yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything you want to say? About this film before I start, because I'm gonna I'm gonna flick through. No, these. like I said, I think I think it's people who are listening to this, we talk about this fake minutes, No, Molly, I don't want it because like I said I could go on and on and on and on and on about it. I don't want it because I said it, you know I can get quite nerdy and boring. <laughs> so I, I, you know, I just think if anyone's not seen this film, mm. just you know, because I, there was a there's a there was a woman about sixty, her name was Margaret. Mm. And she'd never seen this film, oh, right? Okay. So I borrowed out the normal version of it, mm. my DVD version. 
And she come back, she said, uh, ooh, I didn't really like it. I said, oh, she goes, but thank God I saw that film. I said, it is mad, isn't it? It is one of those films You've that got you, you, to you see. Need, you Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah. I don't like Lawrence of Arabia. It's a wonderful life. It's a wonderful life. Mm. These, some films are important. The Godfather, uh, you know, I think Easy Rider is important as well. Potentials, but important. Again, in, in again sky- it's funny that you say that because the connection with Easy Rider and also Apocalypse Now are those kind of things where it's breaking the mould of filmmaking. Apocalypse Now has done virtually, you know, what we're going to do today routine because of the fact that a couple of us, you know, just mm. literally losing his yeah, mind. Well, yeah. And Easy Rider was literally made, you know, on, on a spin. I mean, that's another film that you've got various edits and various lengths of it. You know, like I said, I've watched two different versions of that. But like I said, I, I love Dennis, I, you know, I just think, you know... Yeah, we need to do it. Well, actually, I'll tell you what, there's a load of stuff about Dennis, Dennis Hopper. Hopper. Well, the real character is really interesting. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, I think, I think Hopper, you know, when... He was I really crazy about this time. You think about it then? You think about it Oh, yes. The thing is, is that... I think when you watch a film, depending on what you're, you're, you're kind of like, you like at the time. I mean, I, when I first, you know, when my, my dislike of Apocalypse Now came about, it was ironically when I, when I was really into Jack Nicholson and I was really into Dennis Hopper. You know, I was, getting, I was collecting De, uh, Jack Nicholson films, Dennis Hopper films, yeah, and I think I'd just seen, oh, what's that, uh, Blue Velvet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he really is when he plays Frank in that, where he uses yeah. off his face. Like yeah, that. yeah. And also with, with Easy Rider, the thing that I love about Easy Rider is Jack Nicholson's character, really. You know what I mean? And, and, and Nicholson, I think, stills are showing so many films. Oh, he's amazing. But my favourite scene in Easy Rider is the bit with the cult. You know, yeah. with the stop and go off with that cult mm. and they're all dancing and swimming. Oh, I love that bit because it's really tranquil. Yeah. Oh, I don't like the bit. They're going to oh, Again, again, like again no, that's, down well, no, that's the it. calm before the storm thing. That's why I love it. That's why I love that, son. I think the, that's why I think the, at the 70s, that late 60s, because they say really easy. Well, they say the first film of the 70s was actually Bonnie and Clyde in 1967. Mm. I know that sounds ironic, but that was like, it's like we're going right, to gonna, gonna have films now that are just different. Yeah. That have got adult subject matters. And, you know, these. Films where I'm at. It's why the seventies will never be beaten for filmmaking. Oh, we're talking about this today about the filming technique. Mm. All this HD and bloody bloody blah, blah, blah. Is there a better looking film than Apocalypse Now? Seeing that scene with the Valkyrie, Ryder the Valkyrie coming. I was in. just about to ask you about that. Is yeah, there yeah. a better scene? Mm. All this HD and bloody blah, blah. It looks better. A nice warm film. Well, I was thinking about you know the scene in um, in, in uh, Godfather where um, uh, Marlon Brando collapses. In the it's the lemon field, isn't it? Yeah, 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 And it collapses. Obviously, it's a traumatic scene, but what a beautifully shot! And that is what Coppola does so well. I mean, I'm I'm not a fan of Dracula, and I think the reason why it Dracula, good, I think, right? fa- no, this is the reason why because Dracula was entirely filmed on a studio set. Yeah, and I don't you mean he's all uh, look a bit hammer. Yeah, just look yeah, a bit imagine, hammer. and I think maybe he was aiming for that for that kind of like you hammer, know, hammer, 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 hammer. I think maybe if you took Dracula and actually filmed that with location, still with the same script, maybe get rid of Keanu Reeves because, you know, he was crap. But I think that would have been such a great film. There's cat stuff going on there, isn't there? I can say it's cat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm nervous of cats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, as I say, we, we could go on and on and on. Mate, and on. We could I mean, do a seven-hour Redux podcast yeah, about this. Because yeah, yeah. one in films, there's so much to mm. talk about. In it, well, it's that? also like that when, when uh, Lars Fishburne's character gets killed and, the, and the, the chief, you know, he goes mad on the boat and tries to kill Martin Sheen. You know, yeah. I mean, and with, with the arrow through you trying to pull you in, that yeah. is a crazy scene. Or there's my wife sing, where's the puppy? Now, do you know what? I have uh, the answer for this. Uh, uh, everyone's, it's a big thing in that film. Exactly. What happens to the puppy? 
Well, this is this is more of a, uh, a of a character thing in the film. The reason why you don't see the puppy is because the puppy is Sam Bottoms. That is him. When when that ha- this kid, oh. you know his, his character never speaks again in the whole of that film. Yeah, no, it's true actually. He hides the dog, and you yeah, never see the dog again. Today. But he changes. And that's the reason why he becomes a dog. That's interesting. That's very 70s, isn't it? Yeah. But I like that. Very good job. <laughs> that's really good. Yeah. I didn't know that. You know, I know a lot of stuff about it. I didn't know that. Right. That is, you know, that's actually my thing. When I'm thinking about that now, it's actually right now. Yeah. That's exactly right. So that's transferring. And that's how he said that. He, he passed away a couple of years ago. He yeah. I think heart related stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I'm going to read out some uh, some facts here. I, I say I'm going to probably skip through. So jump in if there's something you want to add on there. The water buffalo thing. I think we need to talk about that because yeah. initially when I saw that, yeah, okay, I knew that it was a real scene. But what a lot of people don't know is, is the fact that uh, a couple of uh, drafted in a shitload of those buffaloes and only filmed one, but had them all killed. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, he killed well, a lot I think of the what was going on. We've got uh, <laughs> Jan's Badger yeah. for a couple and, of and hours. Chickens yeah. And chickens uh, and everything else. I think it's just, I know it's horrible, and there's probably a lot of people who would be disgusted at it. Sort of works in the film, doesn't it? It does work, especially as the fact he's killing he's killing Kurt. At the yeah, same he's going to do so exactly the movement of the. Yeah. If you notice, the movement of the sword that he uses after the same movement of the water buffalo being killed. But I tell you what, that must be one hell of a sharp blade yeah. as he goes straight through the <laughs> yeah. neck there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do feel a bit. Yeah, no, you know, it should as well. Actually, it's like a nightmare at the end. Wonderful music, yeah, yeah. Uh, Kurt Eastwood, uh, Kurt Eastwood, sorry, Clint Eastwood turned down the role of Captain Willow because he felt the film was too dark. No, yeah, no. I, I couldn't imagine that. Wrong actor. It's not John Wayne who did it. it ain't, some actors, they ain't going to be doing that, are they? Like, no, no, it ain't, it ain't going. So, uh, this is the bit I was talking about earlier. And of course, Martin Sheen did suffer a heart attack during the shoot, um, which is quite worrying, really, when you're 36 or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'm just going to read you this bit of uh, something. Goes, it took Francis Ford Coppola nearly three years to edit the footage, and while working on his final edit, it became apparently that Martin Sheen would be needed to tape a number of additional narrative voiceovers. Coppola discovered, though, that Sheen was too busy to perform these, so he brought in Joe Estevez, uh, his brother, uh, who sounds nearly identical to Martin Sheen, to perform the new tracks. Uh, Estevez was also used as a standing and double for Martin Sheen when he suffered his heart attack, oh. although he was not credited as a standing oh, or voiceover. That's good, that's good. Uh, Al Pacino, oh ha, yeah. was, uh, was, was going to play uh, Willard. Oh, yeah. I, I, again, I'm a big Pacino fan. Yeah. Now, he turned it down because, to quote, I know what this is going to be like. You're going to be up there in a helicopter telling me what to do, and I'm going to be down here in a swamp for five months. <laughs> Actually, it's going to be a good 60. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's quite a few poems that I read about on this. Uh, the one that Kurt reads is a T.S. Eliot poem, The Hollow Man. Yeah, I know it's The Hollow Man. I, I, yeah, I know it's T.S. I, I love that stuff in that. Yeah. It's a really pretentious poem. And also the photojournalist says, uh, and I apologise, but we are going to use language in this, but it's in the film. And season the poem. Uh, this is the way the fucking world ends. Look at this fucking shit we're in, man. Yeah. Not with a bang, but with a whimper. And with a whimper, I'm fucking spitting Jack. Now, this is taken from the same poem's famous last two lines. And this is the way the world ends. Not with a bang, but with a whimper. Of course, with Dennis Hopper's crazy. I mean, I it's always like, remember... Everyone knows it, the way he speaks. Well, it's just that... And, and one, actually, one of my famous lines is, uh, what are they going to say about him, man? He was a wise <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. He was a sign man. You know, it's just, it's, it is pure... Yeah. I mean, that is why Dennis Hopper is yeah. so good. And have you got any facts about him? You know the fact, mate, him that he's based on a real bloke who's an English one who went missing in Vietnam? Yeah. Went missing? Yeah. No one knows whatever happened to him. I know, yeah. Well, obviously, he got killed. He got, killed, <laughs> he got yeah. shot, didn't he, by a bear. So, you English, what are you walking through the jungle? <laughs> yeah. What are you walking through the jungle filming the war? What are you doing? Madness. 
Uh, there were no, uh, you said this about now that there was no uh, opening credits for anything like that. Uh, these one for you, you might like. Uh, Nick Nolte has said that he has never wanted to roll more than that of Captain Willard and was very disappointed when Coppola picked Harvey mm. Keitel. When Keitel was fired, Nolte thought the role was his, but Sheen eventually got the. I'm saying that I can imagine Nick. I'm a big fan of Nick Nolte. I know he's a bit shouty now. He's got a bit. He's come a bit uh, like Abuchino. He's become a, a, you know, like. Caricature himself, but I, do, I think in the seventies and the eighties he was really good. Nick, is he, is he, tough is guy. he kind of like on the straight and narrow now? Is he? Was he still? Oh, after he met because he was bad. Is he bit Tom Sizemore? Yeah, bit Tom Sizemore. Steve McQueen uh, was the first to turn down the role of Captain Willard. He had initially verbally agreed to play him when Coppola agreed uh, to his salary of uh, three million dollars, uh, which is equivalent to $13 million nowadays. But after thinking about the fact that the work would require months of location in the Philippines, McQueen told Coppola he'd rather play the uh, Kilgore role instead, which would require much less location work. Coppola, who was self virtually self funded yeah, yeah. said he just simply couldn't afford that. Harrison Ford was allowed to pick his own character's name and chose Lucas, to honor George Lucas, who had directed Ford in American Graffiti and, of course, Star Wars. Uh, Spraldin's character's name is, of course, R. Corman. Roger Corman. Here's what you might know might like. Uh, the military sets for the movie, which were destroyed by the hurricane, were actually used and only seen in the Redux version. That's right, yeah, I, I completely forgot about that. I, I watched Redux for a few years actually. Who's, watch who's one of your favourite actors in the world? And you said that if you could be like him when you get a bit older, you would be him. Have I said it recently? Yep. Kurt Russell? No. No. You you like wearing some of the clothing? Oh, like the dudes you're talking yeah. about. You're talking, yeah, you're talking, yeah. The, um, Jeff Bridges, Jeff Bridges. The for the role of Willard. Nah, I can't remember. Think nah. about it. He's think not. About it, no. uh, the thing is, he never come across as tough Jeff Bridges nah. to say. James Kahn yeah. was the director's first choice to play Colonel Lucas. I can imagine that because James Kahn was like a proper war man at the time, tough. No, Lucas not... played the Colonel Lucas. Oh, again, a very small part. That's interesting. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, Jack Nicholson was offered the role uh, of, uh, of Willard but turned it down <laughs> you, can't, you can't imagine you can imagine him doing it because people think him as like, Batman and all that but he was a very serious actor in the 70s wasn't he although no date's given to the actual film we can actually put it round about 1969 uh, November because of the Charles Manson oh, yeah but I said it, I think they talked about it for years this film hadn't they I think you know, you know since the you know, since I've saw um, like another version of Heart of Darkness done on um, a riverboat in America but I don't know if I have or have dreamt it <laughs> well no are you thinking about that actually that does ring a bell do you remember I'm sure we saw years and years ago and it started off with a paddle steamer yeah 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 oh no hold on a minute that but I'm sure it's Heart of Darkness that was yeah it is it but is. I've never heard... hold on a minute that's was it a TV movie I don't know but it was years and no, years no, ago I and I had it I had it and it was um. what was it Ooh. But I don't know if I dreamt that. I, said, no, I didn't dream it. That's Wasn't it. that isn't that in the documentary though of the um, the Heart of Darkness Heart documentary? Of but I'm sure there was another film made, wasn't there? But, but, I yeah. remember that you saying that now. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, Robert Duvall's character, Colonel uh, Bill Kilgore, was loosely based on the author and syndicated columnist Colonel David H. Hackworth's exploits in Vietnam. Uh-huh. Hackworth, born and raised in Southern California, commanded a helicopter air cavalry brigade in which the pilots actually wore Civil War campaign hats and flew in helicopters with crossed swords painted on them that's quite uh, well not good but it's cool it is yeah how many minutes uh, is Robert Duvall on screen no, in, the, in the original it's minutes? really really little because he says that 
or he, he says in the proper version, oh, he's only got that one speech, hasn't he? So is it about 15, 14 minutes, 13 minutes? Close, 11. Uh, uh, Martin Sheen's character name combines the names of the two eldest sons of Harrison Ford, Benjamin and Willard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like Willard's that. a brilliant name, isn't it? Willard. Oh, yeah, it is. Brilliant name, uh, the photojournalist quotes two T.S. Eliot's poets, of course. Uh, one, in the late scene in the film, a slow pan over a table in Curtis's room shows a copy of From Ritual to Romance, a book by Jesse Weston, and the inspired Eliot's poem, The Wasteland. Yeah, no, Wasteland, yeah. Oh. The, fir- this, the first film to use the 70mm Dolby Stereo surround sound system, and you can tell, especially with the, air, the, the uh, helicopter stuff going on. Uh, there's such a quote that I really want to find that I can't... I bet you anybody will find it later on. Uh, the letter Martin Sheen is reading in a deleted scene, which I presume is on the Ritz one, or is that in just a deleted scene? It's a deleted scene. Okay. I've saw that scene. It's not. On it's a letter from Mrs. Kurtz. Right? Is actually a poem by who? Emma, you might want to shout out this out. No idea. Jim Morrison. Well, it's got to be. But well, if you need a, if you need a pretentious poem, you put a put a Jim Morrison poem in there. <laughs> I love Jim Murray's poem. It's completely pretentious and don't mean anything. But you know the scene where um, there's a, a Viet Cong guy is lying there with his guts hanging out. Yeah. And he turns around and he says such a beautiful line and it, it's somewhat on the line of... Um, no, I can't find it. It's on the line of uh, any, man, any man who's any man who can still fight whilst holding his guts in will drink uh, cannabis from my canteen. He's actual true line. Ah. Uh, I believe, yeah. Bloody yeah, hell. But I can't find it. It's so annoying. I know, no, no, I do know that's an amazing... But this, this film, you could just... If for God, if we would have gone through it, breaking it down, means we'd still be here tomorrow. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think if you haven't seen it, you've got to go and watch it now. If this, if this gets one person going to watch Apocalypse now, oh, we've, done our, we've done our bloody job. Yeah, because it's like I said, whether you like it or you don't like it, it's a film. Certainly, a film that makes you think about. Well, I mean, as I said, as I said earlier on, now I mean, my my initial opinion, well, not my initial opinion, because I, I'd watched the pop. Well, you saw it before me. Yeah, you saw it before me. I am, and I, I, I'd seen it so many times, and each time I, like, every time I watched it, I got more and more annoyed of it, and to the point where I actually believed I hated it. And then watching it again, and certainly I haven't watched it in Some, ten years. Sometimes that's brilliant with a film, though, isn't it? And then going back and yeah. thinking, mm-hmm. oh, really what? don't hate it as much as I thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and I really did enjoy it. And in fact, as well, I remember being really bored last time I watched it and thinking, God, this is a long time. It might have been the video version, so no. But the time flew. Oh, yeah. And when you're looking at a film that's that long, yeah. it shouldn't fly. Yeah. And it did, you know. But um, we got a couple of messages. I need a couple on. Uh, loads of people liked our um, thing on Facebook that we were actually going to do this. Um, but um, it's going to be that Ma- Anthony. We talked about Anthony earlier on, Anthony James from Scottercast. It says, Both Martin Sheen in Apocalypse Now and Charlie Sheen in Platoon have the best narrator's voice I have ever heard. Yeah. I could listen to either voices any day of the week for the rest of my life. And uh, Donna Mullen, who's a regular uh, contributor on our Facebook page, says, uh, I love the smell of napalm in the morning. That line has to be said. And again, it, it is. It does. Uh, it's a corny line, but you have to say it. That smell, that gas. But it's the way it's No, it's the smell. That gas room smell. It's the smell. It's an amazing bloody line. And what's going on behind him? All the things are going on. No, he's not scared. Standing up, we're standing there, and don't broken. care, blame don't care, does he? Nah, he's just standing. He's like, uh, there's a, there's a. Well, he's a bit like Patton, isn't he? That's why I think that role's like a Patton kind yeah. of character who thought he was born to be, a, you know. A, I, I think, yeah. I mean, I don't know how many films have done this where you've got like an iconic, a leader, a military man who stands there, well, everyone else, you know, rightly That's, so, yeah, ducks yeah. down with bullets going on. But he's like, there's, there, I was watching Mash last night, um, and I can't remember what episode it was, and. 
No, it's, I think it's when Potter first comes into it. But there's a, a military guy and he gets in his jeep and there's a sniper in the, in the camp and all these bullets are going off and he just looks around and just drives off. Yeah, his yeah. casual drives off. And you think, he's, that's such a stereotype thing to have. But, but again, so, um, yeah, that was our, um, so, uh, our chat. Our chat. Later, later in the year, probably middle of the year, we're going to have the Phantom Ace live oh, commentary. Right, Once right. I figured out how on earth we're going to do that. Because <laughs> I have no idea. And these chicken things now are really repeating. <laughs> <laughs> And it's not Julie, a knife. No, it's, it's not, not a knife as well. Yeah. I've got a feeling that's going to keep yeah. me away. Um, but Kel, what are we doing next month? We're doing Blackadder the 4th. We are. Blackadder goes forth. And of course, we've got our, uh, our guest host who's popping down there, of course, Mr. Peter Carman. Yeah. Um, which, of course, I guarantee you, once again, he'll have a plethora of... Uh, yeah, of and, most... and amazing elocution. And amazing elocution. <laughs> once again, will be blown out by his BBC sports <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. from uh, from Pizzy Cohen now. Uh, so uh, thanks for listening uh, anything Kelly you want to add or is, is, are, we, are we done we are done <laughs> yeah, we're done I'm surprised my voice hasn't got not pretty good uh, thanks for listening uh, we've got of course we've got all the information where you can find us and I'm going to play a couple of promos we've, uh, we haven't played any promos for a while so please do listen to them. I've asked uh, anyone who wants to send us in a promo please do uh, but keep it to around about 30 seconds long because people won't listen to it because no, no. I don't no. <laughs> uh, so 30 seconds long if you want to we will more than happily uh, promote your podcast and hopefully promote ours um, I guess that's it uh, Cal see you later ta-ta you smell that you smell that Nothing else in the world smells like that. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. You know, one time we had a hail bomb for 12 hours. When it was all over, I walked up. We didn't find one of them, not one stinking dink body. Smell, you know, that gasoline smell. The whole hill. Smells like... Victory. Someday this war is going to end. If you would like to voice your opinions in written or vocal form, then please do email the lads at waffleonpodcast at gmail.com and await your views to be aired and then royally torn apart or praised. If you stalk the internet and hide in such social networks as Facebook, then why not join the group page? It's easy to do. Just type Waffle on Podcast in the search bar, find the page, and join. This has been a Waffle on Production. Copyright Simon Meddings and Mark C. Kelly. Reality getting you down? Well, why not drop by the cozy fireside in the Great Library of Dreams and join me, your host, Mr. Jim Moon, for some talk on strange cinema, cult fiction, and all things weird and wonderful. And to hear some vintage tales of terror. Reserve your cosy armchair by the fire by subscribing to Hypnobobs, available on iTunes, Geek Planet Online, on Stitcher, and at hypnogoria.com. We're seeing you.